This is Neon Radio, episode 132, with Buried Life founder, Ben Nempton. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hello, hello, fellow Neonites. It has been a while. And we've been on a little bit of a hiatus for the last couple of months as we've been redeveloping the website and prepping a few new interviews for you, which I'm very excited. And especially coming into the new year, I want to really focus on bringing you guys even better content, higher profile artists, and anybody who's going to come along and help take your creative journey to the next level. So with that, a couple of new things on the home front. We've uh, just been developing a new quiz on the Neon Life site. You can go check that out. Take the quiz over at neonlife.com slash quiz. That's N-I-O-N-L-I-F-E.com slash quiz. And we will serve you up some free content. We'll prescribe you some free content for where you're at in your creative journey which I'm really excited about in getting focused on helping you guys where you're at and giving you the right podcast episodes and different things that will help you. And that's what this podcast focus is. That's what Neon Life is all about. It's about living a full color life of creativity. And we want to give you the tools to do that. So with that, I want to introduce you to our guest for today. His name is Ben Nempton. He is part of The Buried Life, and they have been traveling the world for the last however many years. They've been on Oprah. He has done a TED Talk. He has played basketball with Obama, done so many things, and their MO is creating a bucket list of things to do before you die. And why not live now? And that's what the neon life is all about, living a life of full experience, color, creativity. And this is exactly that. I also believe in experience as a way to get inspired for your art. And in this episode, we talk about Ben's story of how he got through depression and how creating a bucket list with his friends actually helped him to do that. We talk about his four stages of crossing off your bucket list and a creative way of getting to the things that you want to do. It's really about the creative mindset. It's about being creative in life and it's everything about creating your moments, which I really, really love. Ben is a rock star. He's impacting many, many lives and there are so many things I could name off here, but it's probably easier to go over to his website over at bennempton.com. We'll link that up in the show notes. But there's a full list of his bucket list, including his their number one New York Times bestseller. He's been on Oprah, many, many other things. Recently, they've opened up a production company and have been producing shows for MTV. They produced Roy Kramer's latest show, and it's been a huge success. So with that, don't forget to go over to join the Neon Life community over at neonlife.com slash community and join other like-minded creatives just like you. So this podcast is all about adding value to you, your life, and your creative journey. And all I ask is that you share it with your friends. Share the love. Think of somebody who might need one of these episodes and share it over with them. So without further ado, I bring to you today's guest, the one, the only, Mr. Ben Empton. What's up, everyone? We've got Ben Nemsen in the studio, well, his studio, his apartment here in Venice. It's a beautiful space, and they have a whole community here. But I uh, wanted to shed a light into 
Ben's life. He is uh, one of the founders of The Buried Life, which you guys got to check out. It's amazing. It's about basically creating your moments and creating the life that you want, your dreams. And we're going to unpack that today. But I feel like creating your moments and creating the life that you want is living a neon life. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about creativity. It's about living a full, colorful life. And I am excited to have you on. Thank you. Thanks Good for, to be here. Absolutely. So, so Ben, let's, let's dive into it. Let's, let's hear your story of how you, know, you, you suffered from depression in high school and mm -hmm. how that catalyzed. Tell us the story about how that catalyzed the buried mm -hmm. life. Yeah, so I was... Graduating high school, I was in a pretty good place, really good place. Like I had an academic scholarship to one of the best universities in Canada. I had just made the U19 Canadian rugby team, mm. which was a big deal for me because this is sort of my biggest dream. And, and Canada rugby is a, is a big sport. So I lived in the epicenter of rugby Canada um, in Victoria, BC. And so, you know, I had a great group of friends, loving family, and I was, I was excited to go to, to university and life was good. And I played fly half, which was, is for those of you that don't know rugby, it's sort of like to give a football analogy, analogy is like the quarterback and the field goal kicker in one position. So a lot of pressure yeah. and I had missed a big kick and it had sort of haunted me, you know, like I sort of like, I couldn't get over it. And as I was training for the world cup in Paris, I started thinking about the kicks and, and my play at the world cup and I started getting anxiety about it and I started losing sleep mm. and I... And I got to the point where I couldn't sleep. And this just totally threw me off. And I started to slide into a depression. And I'd never been through anything like this before. I didn't know what was going on. And I couldn't really leave the house. It got so bad that I had to drop out of school. I got dropped from the rugby team. And I ultimately like was sort of confined to my parents' house. And, and I was terrified. I didn't know what was going on. And um, it got to the point where my friends had to come and pull me out of the house that summer. So it lasted months and then they pulled me out of the house and they brought me to a new town where we worked for that summer before we went, you know, so ultimately back to school. And slowly I started feeling back to myself and I got a job and I started feeling more self-worth and, and really I started to meet inspiring people from around the world, right? I met these young people that had started their own businesses, that had started to, you know, like I, I just had never met young people that had traveled like the people I had been meeting. And so I came back from that trip and I made the decision to only surround myself with people that inspired me. I was like, I only wanna surround myself with people that are gonna bring me up. Cause like in high school, you have your, you know, sample size of friends, right? You can't choose outside of that. But when you get outside of the world, you realize, oh yeah, like I can find my tribe. And so I, I made this decision and it, completely changed the path of my life, right? This is probably the, the greatest decision that I've ever made um, looking back. And because I got home and I sort of surveyed sort of my friends and I was like, okay, there's this one kid that was a filmmaker that I knew from our neighborhood. His name's Johnny. And I called him up. I said, Johnny, let's make like, I'd always wanted to make like a movie. Like, let's make a movie. Like you make movies. Like, I don't know how, but let's make one. And we gathered two other friends, Dave and Duncan. Um, and we started talking about this movie that we wanted to make. And we didn't know what it was going to be about. We just had all these things that we wanted to do, but we weren't doing them. And serendipitously, Johnny got assigned a poem in English class at first year university at McGill called The Buried Life. And this poem spoke to this feeling that we were feeling of like feeling buried. Like we had all these things that we wanted to do, but we weren't doing them because we felt buried by the day-to-day -day. work, school, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have these moments when you get inspired and you get momentum, but that gets stifled by the monotony of the day to day. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, this poet 150 years ago is really like speaking our language here. Let's take this name, The Buried Life. And we thought, okay, how do we unbury ourselves? And we decided to ask a question, what do you want to do before you die? And from that question and the thought about death, like actually it's kind of shook us enough to think about what was important. Mm -hmm we made this list of the ultimate bucket list of, of everything we've ever dreamed of doing. And we thought, okay, we're gonna go after this list, come hell or high water, we're gonna try and go after as many things as possible. And this list was things we never really thought we could do. It was, we just pretended we could do anything yeah. and we'd go after it. So like make a TV show, go to space, play basketball with President Obama, <laughs> cover of Rolling Stone, like sit with Oprah, things that, you know, we just, we just decided, you know, if we could do anything. And then 
on the on the flip side of that, we decided every time we cross something off our list, we're going to help a, a total stranger do something that they want to do on their list. Yeah. So we'll ask them the question, what do you want to do before you die? And if we can help them, we would. And that was sort of just felt like a natural thing to do because also we want to learn from other people. Yeah. We wanted to, we didn't, we're, you know, 20 years old, 19 years old. We, we didn't know what we wanted to do. So we thought maybe we can learn something from people along the way and we can help them if we, if we can. And so, you know, we essentially just pulled together a, a, a used RV, you know, made matching t-shirts, yeah. got a camera on eBay, built our own website. We pretended we had a production company to cold call companies to raise money yeah. and a juice company paid for our gas. And it's kind of all we needed, right? And we just took this two week road trip and it was only supposed to be two weeks, you know? Yeah. And um, this sort of mix of magic and luck happened on the road where people started hearing about it and they wanted to help. And so they would see our list online. They'd be like, hey, I saw you wanted to ride a bull, number nine. My friend owns a bull ranch, he can help you. Or you wanna make a <laughs> toast at a stranger's wedding. I'm, my friend's getting married, I'm the best man, I can sneak you in, you know, so. That's amazing. And, and then people sending us their dreams, um, asking to, you know, with help for, with, for stuff on their list. And we just didn't expect that. Yeah. And so, you know, long story longer, after the first year, we just thought we got to keep doing this. And so we would do it every summer and ultimately it just continued to bloom and, uh, you know, led to one of the big things on the list is number 53, make a TV show. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, and kind of write a book and, and all these things that we never thought were possible started falling off the list. Yeah. You know, we sort of got to this point where we're like, oh my God, like you can do anything, yeah. you know, and, and also help anybody because the only way that we would cross things off is through the help of other people. And the only thing we helped other, the only way we helped other people is other people helping us help right. other people. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's been this, this crazy, you know, 10, 11, 12 year journey yeah. where um, we sort of got to this point where we're like, wow, you, you can really do anything that you, that you want. Yeah. And this, this idea of a list is kind of morphed into this, this lifestyle, this, this way of being of understanding and subconsciously choosing things that mean the most to you, you know, you know yeah. prioritizing the things um, that, that really are going to bring you the most joy. Yeah. Uh, and that is kind of what, what it's about. Absolutely. Love your story, man. I mean, <laughs> you have so many stories that I would love to unpack in here. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, let's, I would love to hear the story of, of playing basketball with Obama. How did that happen? <laughs> oh man, it's a, it's a very epic story. I'm going to try, I'll try and give you the tent poles. Um, <laughs> the, the tent poles, great. Uh, for first, uh, okay. So I'll say it started in 2008 when President Obama got elected. Johnny called me and he says, Benny, let's put play basketball with the president on the list. And I laughed. I laughed because I knew he was calling me from his friend's laundry room that he rented for $200 a month. Right. And like this was felt like the most impossible thing we could ever do. And I told him that and he said, yeah, but like it would be really awesome. And yeah. so I couldn't argue and I wrote it down. And then... It's a funny, you know, I think we'll get back to this, but like writing it down that day was the first step and, and the most crucial step because it started the wheels in motion. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we did is we, we, we drove to Washington, D.C., right? And we had have this like old purple transit bus that we, that we drove down and we started literally by pounding the pavement and asking people on the street if they knew anyone at the White House, right? Which right. like clearly <laughs> did, not to us clearly, but in hindsight, did not work. Yeah. But what we found out is that you could contact your local congressman, right? Mm -hmm. You can um, get their information online because you can, you can send them an email. So we contacted all the local congressmen and anybody we could find online that worked in Capitol Hill, we, we shot them an email explaining why we wanted to play basketball with the president. Yeah. And, you know, we were sort of basically started campaigning in D.C. <laughs> to play basketball with the president. We'd start with lower level meetings. And if they liked us and the meeting went well, they'd vouch for us and send word above saying, hey, these guys are good guys. Like, you know, I, I support their mission. Yeah. And we slowly you know, worked our way up the ladder in Washington and got up to the secretary of transportation. And we're in the meeting with the Secretary of Transportation, and in the room he calls the White House. And he says, I just want you guys to know these are good guys. 
they have my support. I think what they're doing is great. Because yeah. we had had come from this place that like, look, the president should play basketball with us because if he does, it'll prove that anyone can do anything. If four regular kids can play basketball with the president, you know, it'll be a message to youth that, you know, you can do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so certain people got behind it. And and ultimately, we get an email back from the White House and we're excited and we open up the email and it, it's, it says, no chance. <laughs> right? They're like, thank you for your interest, but it's not going to happen. But we found out that the president played these basketball games um, and they were set up by a guy named Reggie Love, who is the president's body man. He would send out a text to a, a few select people in the administration saying, day of, basketball game going down like 7.30 tonight at this court. Come. No yeah. And, and we're like, we got to get to Reggie Love. Like, he's our inside <laughs> man. And we heard that he worked out at the Y every morning at 5.30. So I would go to the YMCA every morning. And he didn't work out there. Like he, I, I didn't find him. And... Um, we found we knew that he played for Duke. He had played for Duke basketball. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I shouldn't even be saying this, but we ended up finding someone who interviewed him at Duke, a writer, and we were able to get his email. And we started sending him emails, being like, "Hey, we've reserved this court. You should come with the president." <laughs> like just how he had set up the games. No response. No response. No response. Finally, we had to leave DC, and I get a call on my cell phone. It's a blocked number. And I pick it up, and the first thing that this person says is, what's this I hear about you want to play basketball against the president and I? And it was Reggie Love. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, like, sir, this is why we want to do it. And he's like, you know what, I like this. Like, I think I can make this happen. Give me two weeks, I'll run it by the communications team. If they're in, you're good. And he was like, he thought it was going to happen, right? He was excited about it, and we get a call back. And he says, I talked with communications team. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and we're... Like at this point, we're like, this is, we're done, right? Yeah. And he's like, I think he felt bad. And he's like, if you guys ever come back to DC, let me know. And we were back in DC and he actually invited us to the, the White House to see the basketball courts. Yeah. And so we come back to the, the, the White House and we meet Reggie and he shows us around the West Wing and we get this incredible tour of the White House. And he says, I can do this because the president's not in town. And he shows us the, 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 where the tennis courts used to be. And there's White House basketball courts and there's a presidential hoop there's basically two logos on the hoop there's one presidential logo on the basketball which is like his basketball and we're shooting around and all of a sudden president obama surprises us no on way. the court strolls in <laughs> says i heard you guys are in town thought the least i could do is shoot a basket with you and um you know we're <laughs> obviously completely floored yeah and and it you know the thing about president obama is like he's such an incredible human being that right away you feel like you're friends with him mm. and he's totally disarming he's kind of like that uh you know in high school you had your friend's dad who was like the coolest dad ever yeah. you end up just like hanging out with your friend's dad yeah. like he was he was like that and he just you immediately forgot he was the president and we were shooting around with him trash talking him you know with shots and stuff like that and there was a white house photographer there and took some photos and it was is that pete yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and um, and so it was a uh, it was an incredible day. Just be, I mean, you know, just because of what happened. But for us at that point, that was really a moment when we reflected. You know, after it's just sort of thinking, wow, this is totally bananas. Like you can really do anything you Absolutely. put your mind to, and um, you know, there's 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 really there's a really funny story of. How, we found out actually like how it happened later, which we can talk about later. But the, the point is like that day when we wrote, I wrote it down with, uh, from the call with Johnny, um, you know, that, that really started the wheels in motion. And I, and I don't think that we would have ever gone after it if we wouldn't done, have done that. I think, cause you know, when you, when you write something down, so you, we all have these things that we want to do or these aspirations, dreams, bucket list items, you, you know, call yeah. them whatever you want. Yeah. But, um, they're, they're all intangible. They're all thoughts mm -hmm. until you uh, either speak them, you know, or write them down. Mm -hmm. And by writing them down, you make something that's real. You sort of create this tangible thing. And I think that that's really one of the first steps to breathing life into your goal yeah. is to write it down. I think it's a very simple thing to do. And it mm -hmm. could be on a piece of paper. It could be, you know, digitally. Uh, but I think it also creates a, a certain amount of account accountability. Absolutely. which is important. Um, and, uh, and that started the process, you know, and then we just told everybody. 
you know, yeah. everyone we came into, hey, we're trying to play basketball with the president. Can you help us? And yeah. and I think that talking about these big dreams or any type of goal that you have um, is, is is also important because you would be surprised about who will help you. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and again, creates this sort of accountability when you bring other people into the loop and they want to support you and you're moving forward towards that that goal. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's a whole idea of, you know, even speaking about it, but what's your come from? You know, I think that's a huge thing because there's, you guys have, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, but Mm -hmm. this, like there's an authentic intention behind what you guys are doing. Whereas a lot of people are like, it's like for their personal gain or for which, you know, then we can talk about like law of attraction and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to hear what your guys is like come from was, in pursuing all of these amazing things Mm -hmm. in the beginning you know i think that it what works about it and has worked about is it just always came from a very authentic place like Mm -hmm. it's just stuff that we genuinely wanted to do and in the beginning when we were making this documentary we thought the documentary was going to be about helping people Mm -hmm. you know and we would do our stuff on the side because we wanted to do it but we thought like it's a little self-serving just to like go out and do our own stuff, right? Like we, you know, the doc should be about helping other people. Um, But like we still want to do our own stuff, so we're still going to do it. Yeah. And we were surprised that people wanted to help us do our own things, right? And they got inspired by it. And looking back over the past, you know, however so many years, one of the big realizations is that by doing what you love, you inspire other people to do what they love. Mm -hmm. And that's a really profound, simple, amazing truth because it's a win-win. You get to do what you love. Absolutely. And you also inspire other people to do it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, right? Just by following your own path. First of all, I'm sure you've had people come to you be like, hey, you've inspired me to do something similar or whatever it is that I want to do. Also, you don't even know what the ripple effect of that is. Yeah. And... I think if more people did that, the world would be a, you know, a much better place because that I think that ripple effect goes very, very far. And, and that's just something that we stumbled on. And so that's kind of why you know, we keep doing it, right? Like yeah. there is this sort of, this power in that that's, uh, that's really pure and, and really, really cool. And so that's been behind everything that we've always done. And we've always just tried to stay as true to ourselves as we can. And I think that's what's great about working with some friends mm-hmm. is like you you have that kind of, if someone gets you know out of perspective or whatever, they just bring you right back. Yeah. And, and for us, it's always been like, hey, we're no different than you, mm-hmm. right? Like that has been our mantra from the beginning because it's true. Like we yeah. have no special abilities. And that's why with the show and with everything, we were like, MTV doesn't help us with anything on our list. It's always just us. You know, because that would cannibalize the whole premise of Buried Life, which is like four regular dudes just going out to try and make it happen. Yeah. Um, And I think that that, you know, that that's really sort of like kept the whole thing honest the whole time. 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah. And I'd love to hear your so your your TED talk, you talk about the six points of actually creating this life and Mm -hmm. I'd love to share with the audience what those are because I think that's very helpful and useful things to in a sense create your moments and create your life and create the th- create a space where you can do the things that you love mm-hmm. totally yeah yeah absolutely I mean um, so this kind of came from a looking back over all the list items that have been crossed off and looking at the successes and the failures and um, and looking at consistencies that came up with these this is successes and sort of like pulling those out to say okay what do we do again and again and again that that works with these big goals um and the the thing that i think is 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 important is even before you start to create like some real honest intention and think about why you want to do the things even before that take the time to think about you know what i right, mean because right. i we're all moving pretty quickly, you know, and we don't take take the, those those times of silence. And so just sort of sit in and think about like what's important to me, not my parents, my friends, my, you know, the community. Like what 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 really um, 
gets me excited. Like Tim Ferriss has a good quote about, you know, if it's hard to think about what's going to make you happy. So just what gives you that feeling of excitement when you think about it, those butterflies in your stomach. And that's really what you're, I think, I agree, like what you're going for is that kind of those butterflies in your stomach. So, um, so think about what's, in, what's important. And I think the second thing is to, as I said before, write it down because you, uh, you make it real, you know? And, and I, think it, I think we should start thinking about our dreams as projects instead of yeah. dreams because, you know, dreams have a funny way of staying dreams. But, you know, if you think about your dream as a project, like a work goal, mm-hmm. you automatically start to break it down into steps and you yeah. think about what's the first thing I need to do, what's the second thing. And that's really what you should do with your dreams, right? Yeah. Like is, is start to break it down and then, you know, after that, just prioritize it like you do your work, right? <laughs> right. Um, and then the third would be talk about it because if you don't talk about it, no one can help you, right? right? And I think that people sometimes don't talk about what they really want to do because, um, or their true ambitions because they're afraid that if other people know, they might make fun of them or yeah. maybe if they fail, people might know. Yeah. And um, I think that's a valid fear until you break down really what's behind that and what that fear is. And I, and I think that ultimately failure is an amazing thing because I think it's a, it's not just an opportunity for growth. It is growth. You know, like I think that it, it either forces a pivot that will change your direction that you're needing to go, Mm -hmm. or, um, at the very least you learn something about yourself and you grow. Um, and then the, the fourth would be to, um, this idea of, of creative persistence like we were talking about before that you're going to hear no a lot yeah but it doesn't always mean no it sometimes means not now and i think entrepreneurs are successful because they don't stop you know it's just that it's just that consistent persistence that uh, it's not necessarily bullheaded where you continue to do the same thing again and again yeah but thinking about creative ways to get around the problem that ultimately people will respect yeah. You know, and, 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 and sort of like, and also will, will, will you kind of galvanize this momentum as well? Like, yeah. you know, give, give you a pretty <clears throat> silly example. We, one of the things that we wanted to do was to break into the Playboy Mansion. Right. <laughs> right. So this is like an it's outrageous, like idea. Um, <clears throat> but we didn't want to pay the, the stupid amount of money for a ticket. And we, um, basically found out that the theme of the party was Willy Wonka meets Candyland. And we <laughs> built this, we, we got this essentially a stripper cake or, you know, like a cake that you can hide into. And we decorated it like the party. And we dressed up two of my friends like Willy Wonka, like, like Oompa Loompas basically. Yeah. And um, delivered it to the back door of the mansion at like 5 p.m. And got with a fit, like a truck that we had rented and pretended that we had this like, you know, delivery for the Playboy Mansion and with the two friends hidden in the bottom of the cake, like delivered it and hid it in the back of the mansion. And for like five hours, they waited in that cake oh my God. and ju- had no idea where they were, jumped out, got in the party and security thought they were actually working the party. And so they got free reign of the whole party. And, you know, we, we shot you know, all this footage and got in and, and, you know, it's, it was, it was hilarious because I just, I never thought it, it was so outrageous. I just thought it would never work. But sometimes those, um, those ideas are the ones that, that do work. And, and so, and then the last two, I guess, would be to be, think audaciously because like most people don't believe that they can do great things. So they shoot for mediocre goals, mm. um, which means that that's the highest competition is, is around mediocre goals. So if you shoot for unrealistic goals, there's mm. less competition. You actually have a higher chance of getting things done. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then finally, we'd be just to help others because it fills you up in a way that, you know, doing things for yourself doesn't. And mm-hmm. also when people see you out there doing great, th- like helping others, they want to help you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that is like, that's the, like, that's the secret. You know, it's like, yeah. You help others, and I swear that that's really what karma is. I believe is that like mm-hmm. people sort of see that, and then they they, 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 it comes full circle because they want to help you because they see you out there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I love how you guys helped that woman get the bionic arm. 
Oh yeah, that's cool. That's a, that's a great story. Great yeah. story. Yeah. How'd that come about? We saw a hashtag on Twitter called uh, it was, it was a Hand for Tori, and it was her friends that had created this hashtag to try and raise awareness to get their friend Tori, who was born with one hand, um, her dream is to have a bionic arm. And bionic arms are very expensive, so they wanted to help make it happen and raise awareness. And we saw the hashtag and we just contacted this manufacturer of bionic arms and we said, hey, can we have a bionic arm right. for Tori? Like, this is, she's always wanted one. And, and they said, yes, this is a great company called Hanger Clinics. And we surprised Tori with it and then followed her through the weeks of physical therapy, which were also donated to learn how to use the arm. And, um, and then we're there when she used it for the first time. And, we're, you know, and her dad was there and her friends were there. And, um, and it, was, it, was, it was a really special moment. And also cool because I'd been texting with her like uh, the last little while. And she's, she's at university at Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. And um, she's working at an ice cream shop, which I thought was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Scooping ice cream. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's jump back a little bit. How did you go, like... I would like to unpack how you went from depression and started climbing your way out of that mental hole. Cause that's Mm -hmm. a huge thing. I think that, you know, a lot of people like struggle with. Totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a crisis right now. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very big issue, um, that a lot of people aren't talking about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it is, it's a crisis that is is at the point where every 30 seconds around the world someone takes their own life wow yeah and in in this country every 15 or 16 minutes and the devastating i mean it's 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 all just uh a lot to take in you know and and it's and and the fact that guys take their own life five times as as much as women is is also shocking and and i think that for me, like, it's like, okay, you sit back and hear that and you're like, okay, fuck, like, what do, what do you do? What do I do um, about this? And I think that the, one of the things that can be done is, is, is to break the stigma around mental health and, and, and by doing that, by promoting healthy, productive conversations, because mm-hmm. too many people are struggling in silence, thinking or feeling like they can't share what's going on. Yeah. Um, and and that is not the not the case and they are not alone mm-hmm. um and i felt alone and i felt like i couldn't talk with anyone or, or that anyone would really understand yeah so i think that you know i think there's two things one for those um you know t- in order to break the stigma I, I don't actually think that it's on the one in five people that struggle with mental health to, to break that stigma. I think it's on the four to five that don't struggle to make that one in five feel cool about or okay about talking about what's going on. Right. And that, and that I think is, it can happen in a variety of ways. I think it's just, you know, if you see someone that is, you think is going through a hard time, it's actually just talking to them and just being like, Hey, yeah. are you okay? You know, or sending them a note, you know, and instead of sort of talking around them and, you know, texting your friend being like, Hey, what's up with Mark? Like he seems like, fucked up right you know it's texting mark and be like hey mark what's up you know um and that can save someone's life like it really can just by showing up and showing and being a human you know and and i think also just having these conversations help because this is a part of life you know i think that you know and a lot of times we talk about our ups all the day we just want to talk about the great things we're doing and how great we are um, but we don't talk about the downs and that is just as important, if not more to, to talk about, because, you know, I think that you learn so much about yourself in those d- dark places. Yeah. And by talking about them, I think you help so many other people that it can relate and you just become, you know, sort of, it's more human, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so for me, you know, it was really about, learning the things that I needed to be healthy, right? Like always worked out my body, you know, and like would always make sure that physically I'm, I'm, I'm very in shape, but would never take the time to do that from my mind. Yeah. And, and what does that look like for me? You know, it's things like meditation. It's things like getting uh, enough sleep. You know, everyone needs a certain amount of sleep. And like, 
I need to get eight hours, seven, eight hours. I got to make sure I, I get that. Um, making sure that I'm not working too hard and like really grinding myself to the bone mm -hmm. so that I don't have time that, that is like, it sort of it balances me out. And talking with people, you know, talking with people like friends that understand me or talking with a therapist that really like can help me give, give me the tools that I need just to grow and deal with tough, difficult, challenging situations. And I think that's another stigma that needs to be broken is, is talking with, you know, a therapist. Oh, absolutely. Because like I, everyone should be so lucky to talk with a therapist, mm -hmm. you know, like this is, this is like a, a life coach that can help you be a better person, understand yourself, you know, navigate uh, decisions that are difficult. And yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of shunned as if, oh, wow, like <laughs> you need help. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like if you're, if you want to play basketball, like you have a basketball coach yeah. because they know more about basketball than you. So that's what a therapist is, except for life that right. you're doing all the time instead of just you know when you're playing basketball like this is everything that you're doing <laughs> you may as well have someone to help you you know be a better human uh, yeah. or just understand yourself and and you know someone that's an expert so that like i i understand why but i think like if you really start to like unravel what that is it's like it shouldn't be a freaking stigma you know i yeah. think that it's like everyone should have someone they can talk to and feel you know, okay to talk about whether it's a friend or a professional. Yeah. Um, 100%. So, yeah. So those two things, you know, have, have definitely, definitely helped me. And, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting you say therapy because I like, I just started with a new therapist mm -hmm. and um, it's huge. Like you can unpack so many things and learn about yourself. And oddly enough, I interviewed uh, Vienna Farron, who is Connor's fiance mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she owns a practice in New York and we talked a lot about like finding a, a good therapist because there's a whole I, I had a therapist that wasn't working for a long time so make sure you find a good one totally and that's <laughs> the thing like it just takes time to find the right person like that's the hardest part is you have to go through a ton of different people to yeah. find someone that you like talking to yeah because you you got to think you, you got to find someone that you connect with, mm -hmm. you have a vibe with that that um, that you respect, yeah. Uh, that understands you, and you don't find that in friends very often, right? It's very, you know, mm -hmm. few and far between. Yeah. So you're talking about that same type of bond that you got to build, mm -hmm. um, and that just takes time, and that's okay. You know, yeah. you just got to like know that. Like, if you don't know that going in, you could get really frustrated. Right. But just know that you're gonna like, you know you know, s swipe left, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. a lot of therapists, uh, yeah. and they're right, I guess. It's been a little while since I've been on the dating apps. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and then like, you know, you just move through a bunch and eventually you will find someone. And, and that's what I got lucky with in college is like, I started talking with a counselor yeah. at university that was just provided and just so happened that he was a cool guy and I liked him and he was smart. Yeah. And so I continued to go back to him. And so... It's a, uh, yeah, I think that's, it's important, you know, highly important. Yeah. 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 One of the common threads I've found also in very successful people are, is meditation. So it's funny mm -hmm. that you mentioned that. What kind of meditation do you practice and how has it helped you? I practice TM, transcendental okay. med meditation. Thanks to my parents, actually, they practice and made me learn, you know, when yeah. I was about 19 or 20, they, uh, my mom actually said, ironically enough, before I die, I want you to do two things. One is uh, learn transcendental med meditation, mm -hmm. and the other is do landmark forum, uh, which is sort of like a training, you know, personal training growth thing. Yeah. Um, and I gravitated towards TM. You know, that yeah. was something that I really, um, I used as a tool for times when I'm very, very tired. Let's say I have like a big meeting or if I'm on a school, I had an exam, I would do it before. Uh, if I have a talk, every time I speak, I meditate before I speak. And it just helps get me grounded and centered and, you know, focused. And um, also if I can't sleep, I'll meditate. And uh, it's just a really good tool to have yeah. kind of in your toolbox. And I would like to do it more like, you know, I probably do it, I'm getting better at doing it every day, but I like to do it, do it more. Yeah. But um, I think it's one of those one of those things that, you know, helpful. My sister actually works at Headspace, which is a great oh, meditation cool. app. 
And um, you can do, for those of you who, who may not have meditated before and think that it's, 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 a, it's the barrier of entry is high, which sometimes it feels like it is. Headspace is you can do two-minute meditations guided. You can do five-minute meditations guided. And uh, it's a good way to kind of jump into to meditation. And, um, yeah, I think it's a good, it's good practice. Cool. Yeah, it's great. Love uh, transcendental. I, I practice Vedic, which is, I think, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mantra based, 20 minutes twice a day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. And you do twice a day? I do, for that, the most part. Yeah. Some days I miss the afternoon, but typically every morning. That's great. Yeah, it's very helpful tool. I <laughs> definitely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think I wanted to talk to you about because you did you do Landmark Forum? Yeah, I did. Because um, I know that definitely opens up a space of thought of possibility, right? So how did you move from that depression state to mm-hmm. really believing that anything is possible because that really is a belief. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I don't think it was landmark. I think that I did landmark when I was younger and hmm. I pulled some things that I, that I really liked about it, but I, I don't know if that was the catalyst for me sort of like triggering right. something new. Um, but I, I do, I do think that all in, in all those types of the trainings, there are things that you take and there's things that you leave behind and you find things that resonate with you and like you rock and roll, right? Like, but for, for me, it was, um, it was, it was, it came back to the people that I was surrounding myself with. And one of my particular friends started a clothing line out of nowhere in college. So he took out a loan, started this really cool clothing line with no uh, experience or, you know, family and fashion just like mm-hmm. launched this line and and i was like wow that was just cool like i just yeah. was really how did you do that you know and i just wanted to get involved because like i just wanted to be a part of this thing and i i asked him i said hey can i get involved is there anything i can do and he said yeah like if you can help like get the word out and on the cover of uh the national newspaper in canada there was this article and it was on this, uh, it said, if Josh says it's cool, it's cool. And it was this guy, Josh Spear, who like had with coolhunting.com was like the first like cool, like curation website. Right. So like he would post things that he thought was cool. And, um, and I thought, oh, I think he's going to like my friend's line. And I was able to get a featured blog on his site of my friend's um, line. And, it, and I was just shocked by how easy it was like I just emailed him and it sort of like made me think like wow if I I guess these things aren't as as hard as you think you know and then I thought well if he made a clothing line like what do I want to do and that's when I started thinking about making the movie and I I saw a Facebook video that Johnny had posted Mm. the filmmaker and I was like yeah like I want to do something like that and (laughs) and then I called him and uh and it was really then surrounding myself with these three other guys that our momentum continued to sort of whip us up where yeah. we were like, well, why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? Like the original list, oddly enough, like we, we were having trouble thinking about what we wanted to make a documentary about. Yeah. And so we, we made a list of all the things that we wanted to make a documentary about. Cops are coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> and we made a list and then we came back to the table. We were on, so like, we were talking through Skype and we went through all these things we want to make a documentary about and everyone was like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then someone said, well, why do, can't we just do all these things? <laughs> and that's kind of where this whole like list came from. Yeah. And so it was, I got triggered by, by the friend who made the clothing line and, uh, and then sort of continually by the people that, that were around me. So yeah. it, uh, yeah. And then it, it was just, it was just gradual, right? Like we were just you know, following the, following our guts and just going yeah, for it. hundred percent. Yeah. So a lot of it was about surrounding yourself with the people that yeah. are going to catalyze you forward and inspire you. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I and, love that. And think big. Yeah. So you guys have done all this stuff and what's, what's next? Like you're, you know, what's on your bucket list? Yeah. So definitely 
make a movie, which is what we started Buried Life. To, you know, that's what it is really for yeah. me at the beginning was we just thought it was going to take two weeks to make the movie, and, you know, <laughs> not like 11 years. So we're now sifting through all this footage that we've been filming the last, uh, you know, decade or so and have pieced together a long rough cut of it and cut together a trailer. We have an amazing director on board. And the final list item is go to space, you know? So we're starting to look at what does that look like? And, uh, you know, we're almost through the all 100 list items. And, and this film will definitely be the biggest of them all, right? Like this is sort of the, the piece that we leave behind. <laughs> uh, we've always envisioned it. Do you ever see The Endless Summer? It's a yeah. surf film, of course, right? So this iconic like surf film that is emblematic of so much more. It's sort of like searching for the perfect wave. and yeah. um, But really, it's, you know, it's a lot about life. And so this is sort of what we want. Our, I mean, yeah, I can, it's easy to reference The Endless Summer. But like we want it to be like that for younger generations to sort of like a, a touch point for them to be like, oh, man, like, yeah, uh, I can do this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and because at the end of the day, the message is, is consistent. Like one day we're all going to die. You can't get away from that yeah. yet. Right. But, um, that's a good thing. It means that, you know, we can actually be intentional about how we spend our time. Yeah. And a bucket list, you know, at the end of the day is just a reminder to prioritize the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can show up, as many different things it can be something that is on your phone on your fridge uh it could be a meeting that you have with friends yeah it could be 25 minutes that you carve out every friday on your calendar to just remind you to prioritize those things that are you know going to bring you that sense of purpose and and yeah and, and i think it's you know like obviously we kind of did the extreme where we dropped out of school got in a van you know crisscrossed across the country and never looked back. Right. Um, but it doesn't need to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you know have a job and a mortgage and a family and, you know, your f- life is filled up to your chin, you can still create space for the things that you really want. And um, I believe you, sh- you really should. Yeah. Yeah. How do you create space on a daily basis for, I mean, happiness, one thing, but then mm-hmm. also creating the things that you want? It's a really good question, and um, I guess the the thing that I've been doing is I just realized how much I really prioritize work mm. and how much time that takes up, um, and that if I actually reprioritize some of that, it doesn't re- affect my output too much. So I was of the mind that I just you know, got to work, 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 you know, as much as I can and, um, and not really take time off. And I've sort of started to realize that, you know, you can be as efficient or more efficient if you really like carve out the times you want to work and the times you don't want to work. Um, and, and start making decisions based on the, like the, the, I guess like the purpose level that, that it contains. So like, if you know things come across your desk and it's something that you are like really resonates with you it's like okay like i need to prioritize this yeah um and you know or if it's a trip with friends it's like something that comes up and you just you just make it happen like you just have to commit to it like this is something that's important to me this happens once a year if that i know i have all this other stuff that i want to do but it'll it'll figure itself out like i'm not going to lose my job I'm not going to lose a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, 99% of the time, you make those decisions and there's no adverse effect on your work. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, you know, really like keeping that top of mind throughout the day of like, yeah, like I'm going to yoga. Like there's just, I'm, I'm going to leave whatever I'm doing and I'm going to do it because that's what I need mm. and it's going to make work more productive and I may have to leave a few minutes earlier in between this thing but like that's on my list of things to do today and so I'm going to fucking do it <laughs> absolutely so now what about you so you you with your group of guys but where do you see yourself going and and what's your goals for the future so we started a production company and we've been producing 
TV shows that uh, a lot of them have the same sort of ethos of buried life. So we just did a show for MTV called Dare to Live mm-hmm. about a, um, a videographer who has the same kind of spirit, I think, as we do, mm-hmm. who lives life to the fullest. And he shoots, uh, like films a different artist's live show every episode. And then he, the next day, takes that artist on an adventure to yeah. get them out of their comfort zone, to take them, you know, doing things like shark diving or big wave surfing or, you know, just getting outside of the hotel room or the tour bus. Um, yeah. And and so that, you know, these types of shows have been really fun to to make and be behind the camera. And uh, and then this, uh, since I did the TEDx talk, speaking has become more and more of my life. And, and as I speak more about and learn more about, about mental health yeah. and, the, and the sort of situation that we're in as a country and as, as a, just around the world, um, I am compelled to do it more and more. And as I become more vulnerable about it and, you know, open up about it, yeah. I see more of an impact. And um, I think it's, it's important for young people, you know, to talk about this stuff because the the really sad part is, is you know, these kids that are 11 years old, 12 years old, that are in a place where they see no light where they see no out and their only option is to take their own life and that is just like beyond tragic and I think that if there are more young people that they relate to talking about hey I went through the same thing yeah you know it's okay like you will get through it you know hang on and please don't keep it inside yeah um I think that that is 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 important and 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 especially you know guys talking about it so you know so I, I i that has continued to draw me back to speaking and so and talking about like this idea that look like you can do anything you want is also yeah. like awesome so yeah. uh you know and 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 thinking about that kind of stuff uh and, and what that looks like so the the buried life film the production company and speaking are, are my main focuses 100 100 it really is interesting this whole movement of um, like vulnerability especially the men and you know i mean you knew lewis house and his, mm-hmm. his book that's coming out mm-hmm. kind of very timely so i love that you're totally yeah and, and like his book i was just speaking with him yesterday his book is is really awesome it really is like i think that his uh i think anyone that that can sh- I have a lot of respect for anyone that can show that type of vulnerability. Yeah. And uh, and you look at like the problems that are going on in the world, you know, most of them are guys that are like ego driven, you know, that are wearing some sort of mask to feel like they, you know, have that self-worth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would, I think the world would be a lot better, you know, we'd be in a lot better shape if, if, if we didn't do that. So... Uh, yeah, it's on, it's on, it's on all of us. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, what? Give me what were your, what would be your top three book recommends? Good, good question. I would say that the classic is How to Win Fr- Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really let's see. God, this is a really good question. I'm going to say, because I just read it, Lewis Howe's book. Yeah. I, th- I think that's like a, a very timely and an awesome book. It's uh, called The Mask of Masculinity. And uh, I recently read Night, which is Ellie Weissel's book. It's a classic about um, Ellie Weissel, Weissel was a, a kid in the Holocaust. Oh, and wow. uh, it's, it's a really a biography of his experience. Mm. And... Um, his resolve to make it through. Yeah. And uh, I think that, you know, that was just a great hit of perspective, right? Yeah. Like you think about the things that we're struggling with and what we think are big deals. And then you remember like, oh yeah, like I'm, I don't live in a war-torn country. <laughs> you know, I can walk outside my door. I'm not persecuted. Um things could be a lot, lot worse. And, and so that type of perspective, I think, is is important. Um, so, yeah, that's what would be my top three. Yeah, totally. Sounds like... Gratitude uh, is, a, is a great one, yeah. Do you, do you practice uh, gratitude, like, any, any specific... That's my next... Th- I would... Uh, that's my... I do, but I don't do it regularly. And mm-hmm. I think that 
if I did that consistently, you know, just said like, thank, even just like say thank you before I go to bed and thank you when I wake up mm-hmm. or, you know, list a couple things that I am, uh, I'm grateful for. Uh, it's funny, my mom would, would say that as well. If I couldn't sleep, you know, when I was younger, she'd say, well, go through your gratitudes. What are the things that you're grateful for? And so yeah. to this day, I do that as well. If, if, uh, if I'm having, having trouble sleeping, just list the things that That's you're good. grateful for. And you can feel the change in your body. Mm-hmm. You can physically feel the shift that's going on, um, which is pretty cool to have that instant, you know, 100%. shift. Yeah. And uh, I think too, like thinking about those little things that make those shifts, it's just incredible how powerful the mind is, you know, and mm-hmm. when you can really harness it. And, you know, I was talking about anxiety the other day, and I think that anxiety is very similar to excitement in the feeling, right? And so if you start to think about, if you start to feel anxiety, and think about it just as excitement, you can actually shift that into excitement. Really? Yeah. I've done it's it's happened a couple of times if it's like a a big speaking engagement or something and I, I'm starting to feel a little anxious. I'm like, oh that's actually excitement. And then it's excitement. <laughs> <laughs> you can just train your mind. Yeah. I would say you gotta be the Jedi of your own mind. Yeah, totally. It's true. I, well, success in everything it all really comes down to the mental game mm-hmm. and how you see and what your perspective on life is and yeah um, which is what i love like you're talking about today is just all this stuff is about perspective yeah totally totally it's like that's the <laughs> it's all in here yeah so what's creativity to you like what's your creative outlet uh i love creating content mm-hmm. you know producing making things happen that's why I, I the thing that i love about producing is you're creating something out of nothing. You ha- you you start with an idea and then you bring it all the way to this finished product. Yep. A television show, a film, you know, a short form video, and uh, you know it's the same with with photographs. Right? And then yeah. you then you've have this thing that you're like, wow, this was nothing before, <laughs> and now you know you've gone through this turmoil and the creative process sucks, yeah. and you finally make it at the end, and you're either over it or you're like, yes, we did it. Yeah. Um, so. So, but really like, you know, getting into that creation of those, you know, these TV shows and creating new formats and stuff like that. And, uh, I think is, is, is my, my creative outlet. And then as well, uh, speaking, I would say speaking might be the only time that I feel like I'm in flow state, you know, yeah. like I, I have these moments where I feel like I'm really speaking from a place of truth and I, you know, kind of. I'm speaking and I think about it for a second. I'm like, wait, I don't, what, I don't know what I'm talking. Like, I don't know what I've just been saying, but I think it's been good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like you kind of zone out and you sort of get into it. And, and, and I think it like when I'm, when that, when I'm really speaking about something that I'm passionate about and I really believe in, then I feel like that's like the, like I can see the impact in people. And that is like the best sort of creative outlet experience because it's like, you know, you're creating this, um, this, experience for people and you can see the actual impact which is which is really cool and powerful um so yeah what about you my my creative outlet yeah i have so many of them and it's hard to to focus them all which is what i'm working on now but photography is my my main passion and what i love and but i also love doing podcasts and talking to inspiring people like yourself and i've been painting some murals as well and you know i think there's it's i love to be able to wake up and create whatever i want every day and that's mm-hmm. like a it's a blessing yeah it really is so, yeah that's cool i mean because you've been pod, doing excuse me you've been doing podcasts for a while now you know you must have you've talked with a couple people. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it just been like information by osmosis where you feel like you're, you're <laughs> learning every time or you feel like you're really, because it's what is a great uh, sort of like educational experience. It really that is. You get to have, um, you know, just by, by virtue of like talking with a, a myriad of different types of people. It's pretty cool. Yeah. hundred percent. I get to sit down with people that I'm fascinated by and, and dive in and learn from them and also be able to share that with everyone who's listening. So it's very exciting. Very exciting. Awesome. So one last question I'd love to ask all my guests mm-hmm. is what does the phrase live inspiration mean to you? Live inspiration 
to me means it may sound cliche, but it's it's living your purpose. Like it's living the it's following that that inner voice and that inner sort of gut that I was talking about before. Um, because you know, if you say living inspiration, I think that that is how you feel inspired yourself, and that's how you inspire other people. Yeah. Um, and I look at the people that I really respect, and it's people that have done that. You know, like anyone that is sort of forged their own path or done something that stands out, they had to do that because they weren't following anybody else. They were just being themselves. So mm-hmm. I think that like living inspiration is, is being yourself and being true to yourself. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Like it sounds simple, but to really be true to yourself is, is a dance, you know, yeah. like it's easier for some people than others. But I think that that is, you know, ultimately the place you want to get to because then you're not, um, you're not relying on other people's gratification, you know, and you're really just, you get that from within. So you're sort of like, fuck it, I'm just doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, you know, and, and I think that's ultimately how you are successful. Right. I think that's what brings the most success. Um, so yeah. Love that. Love that. Well, Ben, I acknowledge you for the difference that you're making in the world and you're inspiring me. You're inspiring so many people. So thank you. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Follow you, follow your, follow what you're up to. The Webernets. The Webernets. Uh, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. I'd say uh, just, it's all my name. I think, I think it's just at Ben Nempton on all the things and, uh, and then the buried life as well is, is, is our social. So that's, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what's up. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. Thanks, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Neon Radio with Ben Nempton. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and it's been an exciting interview to bring to you. I don't know about you, but I am ready to go off and think of what moments I'm going to create for my bucket list this up and coming year. So with that, don't forget to go over and join the community over at neonlife.com slash community and go take the quiz over at neonlife.com slash quiz and we will deliver you prescribed content for where you are in your creative journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could help us out by sharing it out over in your social media, passing it along to a friend who you might think needs to hear this episode and would get some value out of it. And with that, go out and create your life by creating every small moment and we'll see you next time.